Do you know what's crazy to me? Halloween was a month ago already. Doesn't it just seem like last week we were getting dressed up uh, in our costumes to go trick-or-treating? Uh, the kids at the school were dressing up in their favorite Bible character or, or Bible theme and, and coming to school. Many of us were having fires in our front yards as we passed out candy to kids coming by. And now here we are. The start of Advent, Christmas is getting ready to come. Uh, I remember right after Halloween, Ann and I were walking with Lily around our neighborhood, and it was just a few days after Halloween, and, and I said, Ann, look, that house has their Christmas tree up already. And so do they. And so does that one. And then I started noticing, people were decorating for Christmas this year, I feel, a lot earlier than they have ever before. Uh, it seems like we went from Halloween straight to Christmas, we skipped all the Thanksgiving decorations. And I know some of you who are sitting here today, I know you who are strict about no Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving, you have your decorations up already. <laughs> and they've been up for a good two weeks. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Morrisons. <laughs> yeah. People, I feel this year, are longing for Christmas. Longing for that season of peace, longing for that season of hope, of joy, longing for that 24-hour time frame when the world goes silent and it's only joy and peace in your house other than the kids running around. We long, we're longing for that three minutes at the end of our Christmas service where we sing Silent Night to Candlelight and it's so peaceful and joyful that we don't want it to end. We're longing for that moment with our kids and our families as we're gathered around the Christmas tree, opening Christmas presents and listening to music. We're longing for that Christmas family dinner as the table is full and the outside world is silenced. When the hurts, the fears, the worries of life have ceased. And we just have that 24 hours of peace. We are longing for that. And if you're sitting here today thinking, actually, I'm liking where my life is right now, I'm good, I think you still understand. You've been in a place in your life where you have longed for the heartache to end. You've longed for the peace and the joy that we want. If that describes you now, if that describes you at some point in your life, you can relate to the Old Testament people. They were longing for the Messiah. And they weren't longing for 30 days. They weren't longing for a year. They were longing for centuries, for millenniums, for the Messiah to come. And over the course of time, God had uh, let Israel know that the coming Messiah would fill three roles. He would be a prophet, he would be a king, and he would be a priest. And they were longing for this Messiah to come. Because with this Messiah brought the promise of peace, brought the promise of joy, brought the promise of hope, of security, of deliverance. They were longing for this one to come. 
And finally, when the time was, had fully come, God sent His Son. And that's where we're picking up today in Luke chapter 1. God steps into human history, interrupts human history with a big announcement. The announcement that His Son is going to come into the world. We're around 2 BC to 0, 8, or 0, somewhere in that time frame. The Roman government is on the throne. They are the ruling empire of the day. And God sends an angel to Mary living in Nazareth. Here's what we're told. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. All right, so it's in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Elizabeth was Mary's relative uh, who's having her own miraculous baby. Elizabeth was, as we're told, well advanced in years, past the childbearing age, and yet she's having a miracle baby, and that baby's going to be John the Baptist, who eventually is going to go out before Jesus, say, repent, the kingdom of God is coming. It's in her six months of her pregnancy that God sends an angel, the angel Gabriel, to Nazareth to Mary. Where's Nazareth? I hope you can see this. It's probably way too small. But if you see the, the Sea of Galilee up north, and then that red, to the left, that red name is Galilee, right above there is Nazareth. Uh, Galilee's the region, Nazareth is the town. Nazareth is a humble little dinky town of 200 to 400 people at the time. Uh, it's small, it's humble, and people didn't have a, a good taste in their mouth about Nazareth. When Later on in Jesus' life, as, as he starts his ministry and he's getting disciples for himself, uh, Philip, a would-be disciple, goes up to Nathaniel, a would-be disciple, and says, hey, we found the Messiah. He's Jesus of Nazareth. And do you remember how Nathaniel responded? Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? This was the view of this town, Nazareth. And yet it's to this town that God sent the angel Gabriel to a teenage woman named Mary. And he, sent, he was sent to her with this message. The angel said to her, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Let's stop right there. You have found favor with God. You can say that Mary was a, a, a little greatly disturbed by this message. Mary knew Jewish history. And she knew that for the past 400 years, God was silent. He didn't send a prophet. He didn't send an angel. He, he was silent. Think about that. 400 years, that's longer than America's history. And yet, God sent an angel to Nazareth, to Mary. Mary, no doubt, is thinking, what is going on? God's been silent, and now he sent an angel to Nazareth of all places, to me of all people? Yes. And notice how the angel calms her. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Literally, you have found grace with God. Undeserved 
and unconditional love. That is what you have found, Mary. It's that same grace that Indy found this morning in her baptism. Grace, undeserved, unconditional love that God washed her sins away. Grace, it's what you and I have found in our baptism as we were baptized, as we hear the Word of God, the unconditional, undeserved love of God that He says your sins are forgiven. That is grace. And it's what Mary found in God. And because she found grace, here's what the angel announces to her. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come, upon you, come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Did you notice what the angel said to her and described this child? Look at verse uh, 32. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High, the Son of God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary knows Jewish history because all Jews knew their history. And what did she know that the angel just told her. Mary, you are going to have the son, the king that was promised to King David. You are going to have the Messiah that 2 Samuel chapter 7 prophesied about. The one from David's line that the Lord is going to raise up and going to give him the throne of his father David and he is going to rule forever. This is the Messiah, the one promised long ago, the one that they were waiting for for thousand, a thousand years was coming. The one to bring deliverance and peace. The one that they were waiting for, hope, joy. He's here. And if you were the Jewish people, how would you have accepted the king? With joy? With excitement? Not them. Instead, they ended up disappointed in Jesus. They were disappointed because their expectations of who this Messiah was to be weren't met. 